Could you uh, stand with me for just two minutes? Thank you. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after you. Desire and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength. You alone are my strength and my shield. To you alone may my something very deep in every one of our lives. Pastor David prayed in those lines. He said, Lord, may you touch us in the depths of our lives. It's going to be a deep work. When the Lord reached out into Adam's body and pulled out a rib, he touched a deep place. The Holy Spirit is going to touch deep places of your life and my life. He's going to go deeper than he has ever gone before with you. And you must be cooperative to go deeper with him. Would you lift one hand to heaven? Loving Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have possessed the reins of your people. You have inhabited the praises of your people. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you are here. Thank you for Pastor David in Acre and Sanjay and 
everyone else, Pastor Ronnie and everyone who has contributed to making this possible. They will have their reward in full in Jesus' name. We thank you for gathering this congregation tonight. We come in and present the next four days, Lord. And we are open. We are transparent. We are sensitive. We are open for a deep work. Do it deep in our lives. Open our eyes to see Jesus with fresh eyes. To see faith with fresh eyes. Do something fresh in every one of our hearts. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Shall we thank the Lord in advance for what he's about to do? Give him a resounding clap offering of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you. Sanjay. Praise Sanjay. I saw him behind the... Okay. So, that handsome man there on the right-hand side who needs a haircut, he is responsible for you being blessed. If it wasn't for him, uh, we wouldn't have come to Trinity Church last time. So thank you, Sanjay. We will not forget uh, your work. Thank you. Help me appreciate him, please. Thank you. It's so important that we don't do whatever we want to do in meetings like this. It's so important that as a pastor, that I don't come with my own agenda and you don't come with your own agenda. It's important that we come expecting to just submit to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I truly believe in the next four days, there's going to be a restoration, repairing, uh, rebuilding of your faith. Tonight's meeting especially is for people who have been through painful moments in life. Tonight's meeting. The Holy Spirit is going to do a very deep work in the lives of people here today that have gone through extraordinary pain. And the pain that you have gone through is so deep, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, family or whatever it is, it has affected your faith. The pain that you have gone through has directly had an effect on your faith. How you believe, how you respond, how you worship, how you pray, it has had a direct impact on your faith. Therefore, it is pointless looking at day two, three, four. Some of you may come, some of you may not. Um, we don't know who the Holy Spirit will bring. But tonight's meeting, our focus is, Lord, heal deep-rooted pain in people's lives and restore their faith to a place they can believe again. Amen. That may not be you, but it could be the person seated next to you. So don't brush off what I'm saying, because even if it's not you, it could be you in the days to come. So don't do that and say, Holy Spirit, I'm at the wrong place. No, you need to hear this. Very important. Very important. So I want to talk about how you can restore your faith once it is shattered. Can it be shattered? Of course. You can go through a season in life, a painful moment in life, where a dream evaporates. A hope that you had crashes. Uh, an expectation you had suddenly doesn't turn out the way you want. A marriage that was blessed for 20 years, gone. A child that you wanted to do so well, you got a prophecy, suddenly turned the other way around. It can shatter your faith. It can put your faith into pieces. And tonight, Holy Spirit is going to truly do a deep work. I can see it already happening. People are going to walk out of this place they're not even going to know where the train station is. If you've never been in that place, so healed that they'll be, where am I going? That kind of a healing. 
he's going to do it. He knows that most of you need healing in the area of your soul because out of all your disappointments, most of you are disappointed with God. Some of you are fighting the only one that can help you. Some of you think that this good God is not good and you have a bad impression about him. What are these symptoms? These symptoms come from a shattered faith and it must be repaired, it must be restored, it must be healed. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 5, verses 1 through 4. I'm sure it'll come on the screen. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Tomorrow, if we could have only one verse on each screen so that we roll it four times. So however many verses we have so that everyone can see clearly. If you can't see these letters, don't worry, in the next four days you'll be healed. Good evening, everyone. Let's begin. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, what happened? He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and told Simon, Please, thrust out a little from the land. And Jesus sat down in that boat. And he began to teach the people out of Peter's ship. Verse number four. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought or a catch. Let's stop there. I've titled my message tonight, Deeper Faith. We can say it together. Say one more time. All together. One last time. Someone next to you is ignoring you. Say it one more time. Deeper faith, deeper faith. One of the reasons why certain people have trouble with their faith and their faith is shattered when something uh, unexpected takes place in their lives, why it is so is because the ugly truth, there is, there is Pastor Jeremy, is there such a thing? I, I thought truth is beautiful. But the flip side of the coin when it comes to truth is there is an ugly side to it. And the ugly side of truth is that it tends to offend you if you don't receive it well. It'll, it'll, it'll check your pride. It'll, it'll do something to you that even your wife is not able to do. That's, that, that'll happen. And one of the reasons why people have trouble with their faith is because their faith was shallow. And... When your faith is shallow, it does not have a lot of roots. Hmm? It does not have a lot of roots. And for faith to take root, it has to go very deep. It has to go very deep. If you look at the people who, who have issues in their faith, most often if you hear their stories, you will realize that... They maintained a shallow Christian life. They never went deeper in the things of God. They were happy with what they were doing. They were not praying for themselves. As long as the ministry team was there to pray for them, they were happy. As long as someone prayed for them and they got their prayer answered, they were happy. They marked the church attendance, they were happy. The pastor knew them by name, stood at the door and shook their hand after Sunday. They were happy. Birthday party, pastors, elders, everybody's there at the birthday. They're happy. 
So who doesn't like a life like this? Everyone likes it until a flood hits the house. Until the winds beat on the house. Until trouble hits. That's when your foundation will be checked. You see, everything is okay until trouble comes. Everything is fine until challenges come your way. That's when your roots are exposed. And if your roots are not solid and strong and deeply rooted, the slightest wind, doesn't need to be a hurricane, the slightest wind will cause your structure, your spiritual structure to rattle under the vibration of it. And suddenly the roof begins to shake. Bricks begin to fall. And pillars begin to crumble. And the people living inside such a structure is disappointed with the architect. Ladies and gentlemen, no architect will build your house without your permission. You're too silent on me tonight. I started preaching five minutes ago. The house that you live in, if you bought it, you did a thorough check before you entered into that house. So where are you going with this, Pastor Jerome? Where I'm going with this is this. If you are ever going to see your faith restored and recovered and healed and your soul deeply healed, you must take responsibility for the life that you have today. You can't blame your pastor. You can't blame a Sri Lankan preacher. You can't blame Trinity Church. You can't blame somebody in your house. You can't blame your husband. You can't blame your wife. If you play the blame game, you can never restore your faith. You have to take responsibility. I'm preaching. I said, you must take responsibility. That's when God will turn it around for you. That's when he will take it and turn it around for you. He will do it. In fact, he will do it tonight. But you must start by taking responsibility. Somewhere down the line, you were happy with the life you led until the floods came and beat against your house. And everything crashed. Your marriage crashed. Your son went on drugs and everything happened. And then you realize you got a faulty foundation. But tonight there's hope. Somebody talk to me. I said, tonight there's hope. A foundation can be relayed brick by brick, thought by thought. And Jesus will be the author and the finisher of your faith. And you will stand the test of time. So today the Holy Spirit is going to heal your soul very deep. Because you still haven't recovered from that separation. You still haven't recovered from your divorce. You still haven't recovered from your son telling you something that shattered you into pieces. You must recover. And tonight God has brought you to this place. Not to look at a good looking preacher. <clears throat> not just to admire our team from Sri Lanka. Not just to thank Pastor Pio, Pastor David and Ineka and Sanjay. No, but to get yourself repaired. Amen. Unless you repair how can you start building he's got to build your life he wants to build your life do you know that the Lord is a master builder he's a master architect he's a master designer I mean look at how he designed the sun I mean come on he's a master designer have you seen the trees by the way have you seen you I mean you are so unique you don't even look like your parents so much so that people ask you, where did you come from? I mean, he's a master designer. He knows how to do your nose. He knows exactly which one needs a longer one and which one needs a smaller one. <laughs> he knows how to do it. He's a master designer. Pastor where are you going with this? I'm going somewhere with it. He's going to redesign your life today. It's going to start from bottom. But you're going to get healed. You're going to get restored, you're going to get repaired, and you're going to believe that God is really good. You're going to walk out of this place restored, and your faith is going to come alive, and you're going to believe God for bigger things. You're going to see that happen in the name of Jesus. So when Jesus came suddenly to this place called Gennesaret, there are different pronunciations, 
when he came to Genesaret, 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 he saw that a large crowd was waiting for his arrival because, I mean, they wanted him to speak. Some travel to the north of England to hear someone sing. Someone would go down south to hear someone sing like no one else. People pay lots of money. The, uh, the ICC Champions Trophy has begun. By the way, FYI, BTW, we are in June. Am I right? See, some of your calendars at home are still on January. Now, why I'm saying that is this, and I'm not kidding you. There's somebody here whose calendar next to the refrigerator is still on January. And uh, why I'm saying that is that's how slow you are in your walk with the Lord. That's how you need healing today. So the ICC Champions Trophy has arrived, and that's cricket, by the way, not football. That's cricket, and anyone will go paying 40 pounds or 70 pounds, get a seat to watch people play cricket. People travel up north, Manchester, you know what happened? They went there and to see a beautiful concert. Someone sing, someone playing cricket. People pay money for stuff like that. But in this case... They didn't come to hear Jesus sing. They didn't come to see Jesus hold a bat and throw a ball. They would travel miles just to hear him speak. Life does not change hearing someone sing. Life does not change watching someone score a hundred. But life does change when you hear God speak through a man. And that's true. That's where life changes. Jesus said man does not live on bread alone. But every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Life changes. You are at a life altering service. You may not like Sri Lankans. But you got to do with this guy for the next four days. You like the word of God don't you? Yes. So he comes to Gennesaret. Because there are a large number of people waiting for a word to fall out of his lips. So they were pressing in. They were crowding the place. By the way, they didn't have chairs and a worship leader as anointed as Ronnie to lead us in worship. Did you, did, didn't it occur to you that Jesus didn't have a pianist? That he didn't have a worship team following him wherever he went, playing Hosanna. He didn't have a choir of 120 singing, then sings my soul. And then Jesus comes with a jacket and then starts to preach. No, he just went there. No microphone, nothing. The wind carried his voice. That's why today the wind still carries his voice. The wind of the Holy Spirit still carries his voice. That's all he needs. He doesn't need a microphone. He doesn't, he doesn't need all of this. It's Jesus. So now he's looking for a place to, to just park himself and begin to preach. He's looking around and he sees the crowd and he's looking for a place. And suddenly he notices in the distance. He sees a man washing his nets. No one needs to tell Jesus the situation that that man is going through. Jesus just strolls towards him. And he tells him, calls him by name. You know, God knows your name. I said, God knows your name. You'll be very surprised. That God knows your name. God knows your name. He comes. He says, Peter. I need to sit in your boat. 
can you create some space for me? And Peter, while he's feeling a failure, creates some space. And Jesus takes a seat. What Peter didn't know was this. Peter was a sad man. Why? At the end of the story, he calls himself a sinner. Why? Now he must be very angry and disappointed also. Because he is a, a thorough businessman who knows where to catch fish, how to catch fish. He knows the techniques. He knows the technicalities. He knows when to do it, how to do it, which equipment to use. He knows all of that. How successful was Peter's business? He had even partners. If you read the passage, you will know he had partners. If the business was a failure, you wouldn't have people partnering with the business. Are we together? But now he's sad. How do you spell sad? S-A-D. He feels a sinner, he's angry and he's disappointed. He's really sad. I said he's a sinner. He's angry and he's disappointed. S-A-D. He's very sad. Imagine if his wife walked in to see a husband with an empty net. Thank God his wife wasn't there. But Jesus comes. And what Peter doesn't realize is this. In his lowest place in life, he's able to create space for God. That was the beginning of the changes. No matter how low you feel, you have created space for God tonight. By coming from wherever you came, you have created space. And he's going to get in there, he's going to turn things around for you. I just want to make that announcement to somebody that needed to hear what I just had to say. Are you hearing this? Glory be to God. Say, create the space. That's right. When you create the space, he comes in. He's seated now, he's speaking. Is he preaching to Peter? No. Peter is busy washing the net. Like some here, uh, they, they, they want me to think that they're listening to me, but they're not listening. Just like Peter, he's washing the net and looking at Jesus perhaps. Jesus, I'm, I don't worry, I'm washing the net, but I'm listening to you preaching. I'm, I'm SMSing somebody, in, in, uh, but I'm listening to you preaching. I'm checking Facebook, but I'm listening to you preaching. I, my phone is vibrating, uh, but I'm listening to you preaching. I, I'm nudging my husband, but I'm listening to you preaching. I'm looking at the babies all over the place, but I'm listening to you preaching. Peter would have been like that. I don't have time for this sermon. I have a net that I need to wash. Come on, somebody. I don't have time to listen to a sermon, especially when I have an empty. Because the sermon doesn't relate to my emptiness. All preachers are the same. All preachers are creatures. They're after your money. And you have heard all of this nonsense in your ears. And perhaps Peter was like this because he's not part of the congregation. He's, he's outside his boat or inside his boat watching his net. I don't have time for this Jesus stuff. I just came because my wife asked me to come. I came because pastor told me to come. I don't even like Asians. In fact, I don't even know why I'm here. That was Peter's thoughts, perhaps. But amazingly, Jesus finishes his sermon. And the first thing he does, he turns to the man. Peter. I want you to hear this. And he gives Peter a word. When the sermon is over, he gives Peter a word. Some hear only sermon, but some will get a word from God. Yes, don't come for sermon. Come for a word. I'm giving you a word from God. He turned to Peter and said, Peter, oh, why don't you launch out into the deep? Someone say, go to the deep. Say it one more time. Say launch out into the deep.
Hmm, it's amazing. It's a paradox. It, it'll get anybody mentally unstable to hear what Jesus is saying. Why? My net is empty. I'm at the lowest place of my life. I feel a sinner. I'm angry and I'm very disappointed. My partners are going to ask me why I can't even fish. My wife is going to ask me questions when I go back home. I have an empty net. And Jesus, you are telling me now after you finished your pretty sermon that I need to launch out into the deep. You don't know what you're talking about. You are a carpenter's son. Let me do my job. You do your job. Preacher man, you preach. And after you preach and finish, I'll go back to my business. That could have been Peter's attitude. Now watch this. Are we together? Do this if you're with me. Do it with both hands if you want to go home. Peter launched out into the deep. What do you mean deep? I want you to go deep now. But Lord, you don't understand. I'm at the lowest place in my life. But I want you to go deep. Lord, you don't understand. I'm at the lowest place in my life. I want you to go deep. I'm at the lowest place. I want you to go deep. I'm at the lowest place. I want you to go deep. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a word from the Spirit. When the enemy brings you low, God will take you deep. The enemy will try to bring you very low, but God will take you deep. You see, you see, I want you to understand that being low in life is not the same as being deep. The enemy thinks that by disappointing you, bringing failure into your life and causing your faith to shatter and bringing you to the lowest point of your life, you can't go lower than that. Yes, that is true to a certain extent. But the God whom you and I serve is amazing. In your lowest place, he is able not to take you high. But he says, don't worry about going high. I'm going to take you deep. Yes. Have you ever heard people say, watch this. Have you ever heard people say, if you are in the lowest place in your life, you can't go any lower. But I say unto you, when you're at the lowest place in your life, yes, you can't go lower, but you can go deeper. And that's what the Holy Spirit is going to do tonight at this meeting. At your lowest place, God's going to take you deeper. Are you hearing this now? Lift one hand to heaven and say, Lord, take me deeper. Now that's why I have titled this Deeper Faith. Would you know... Would you believe that the lowest place in your life, the most disappointing, most sad, angry place in your life, where you don't have results to prove, your net is empty, your net value, your net worth, your net work is shattered, everything is empty. I'm talking to business people right now who are here, staring at me as if I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you now. Your net worth is zero. Your net value is zero. You can't even tie it on the net. Your net is broken. Your network is not working anymore. But Jesus made the net to work again. I want to declare a prophetic word over business people here. Your network is going to work again. Your net is going to work again. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Your network. Say, my network is going to work again. Yes. The buyer that left you saying, I'm not going to give you any more orders, will come back again. There's going to be a repairing. There's going to be a restoring. Peter, launch out into the deep. I'm in the lowest place. But when the enemy brings you low, God will take you deeper. So next time you hear a preacher say, when you're low, you can't get any lower. You say, no, 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 you are wrong. You are wrong, pastor. You're, you are sorry, pastor. With all due respect, a Sri Lankan came from somewhere called Sri Lanka. And he told us something that the Holy Spirit had revealed. You, when you are low, yes, you can't go any lower. But with God, you can go deeper. You can go deeper. Thursday night is a night where you and I will have our faith going deeper than it has ever gone before. But he's going to do it in your lowest place. Someone shout hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise if you believe this. Pray this prayer for yourself. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Lord, take me deeper today. Make my faith go deeper. Hallelujah. God has a way of surprising you on a bad day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has a way of surprising you on a bad day. Now, 
In conclusion, I'm not going to preach long. In conclusion, I want to show you now in these next eight to ten minutes why God has to take you deeper. You ready? Why you must go deeper. If you don't go deeper, you're going to be a very shallow Christian. When you are a shallow Christian, um, hmm. shallow is not good. Shallow is not good for a lot of reasons, which I will not bring up tonight. But it's important for you to go deep, deeper. I'm going to share with you four simple reasons why. We're spending four days together, right? So I'm going to share with you four simple reasons why the Lord wants to take you deeper. Deep is important. Deep is important. Here is reason number one. In Luke chapter 6 verse 47 through 49, there's a story. Here's the first reason. Luke chapter 6 verses 47 through 49. Let me read it. If it comes on the screen, you can read. One, two, go. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Now let's read together if you can see it on the screen. He is like a man which built a house and he dig deep. He built a house. Jesus is saying, let me show you how I compare a man or a woman who listens to what I'm saying and does what I tell them to do. I compare him to a man who... Built his house, but before he built his house, King James doesn't say dug deep. King James says, digged deep. He went deep before he built his house. And he laid the foundation on a rock. But when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Can you see that now? Can you see that now? Here is the reason why you must go deeper in the things of God. Don't be a shallow Christian. Don't be happy. Oh, 45 minutes the service is over and you are the happiest. You are, you are shallow. Hello. You're very shallow. Church is not a gymnasium. In a gym you go and you work out 45 minutes and you go back home. In church, it is spiritual exercise. Time to worship. You need time to give. You need time to hear. You need time to respond. You need time to commit. You need time to dedicate. You need time to... And people want to do it in 40 minutes. You are shallow. Hello. You are shallow. Very shallow. Preacher goes beyond 10 minutes. Finito. Shallow. Very shallow. What is Jesus saying? You want your house, your life to stand through the storms of life? Okay, I want to ask you a question. Can you control the floods? Can you control the rain? Can you control the winds? Rains are unpredictable, right? There will be unpredictable situations that will come in your life. Now, don't ignore me. I said rains are unpredictable, right? In Sri Lanka, before we left to the airport, they said uh, there was a storm called Mora that was coming. M-O-R-A. Mora is a fish in, in Sri Lanka. Mora. Mora. Ah, that's Torah, but there's Mora also. You have wondered? Torah is a school, St. Thomas's. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing you. But now everyone was expecting the storm to come or the rains to come. So they said, no schools for five days. And my kids were extremely happy. Man, they started to praise the Lord. That's the only time I saw them praising the Lord after a long time. <laughs> And suddenly they realized, hey, we go to international schools. So it didn't belong to them. And now we are all waiting for the rains. And we were driving to the airport and realized it's not rain. Now what happened to the rains? The rains never came. I want you to know that's what rains are like. Very unpredictable. So when Jesus says the house that you build, there will be rains coming against it. He's talking about unpredictable situations. That will come your, come your way. Unpredictable. Are you hearing this now? When he says the floods will come, he's saying they are unstoppable. Now Sri Lanka is experiencing a season of downpour and floods. 
outside of Colombo, there are lots of people, 500 plus people who have lost their lives and homes and it's devastation and people are suffering. And they can't stop the floods. There are some issues in life, no matter what you do. You can turn in circles, eat two bananas, fast for seven days, stand on your head till, you know, or, or, or do whatever, spiritual gymnastics. It'll not stop some of the situations. You're hearing, right? The unpredictable, the unstoppable. Then he says the winds, the uncontrollable. Can you control the wind? But he said one thing you can control. You can decide to go deep. If you go deep and lay a foundation on your faith, it'll come, it'll go. But you won't come and go. You'll be standing. Even if the unpredictable, unstoppable, unbeatable comes and goes, you will be unshakable. You will stand through January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. The problem came and went and you're still there. One of the reasons why you need to have deeper faith so that you can be unshakable through every situation in life. Someone said, that's me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here is the second reason. Mark chapter 4 verse number 5 says, Mark's gospel chapter 4 verse number 5. Glory to God. It's talking about the parable of the sower. But I want to take it from verse 5 only. Can you read for me? And some fell on stony ground. A sower is going to sow seed. He's sowing seed. It's an agriculturally based parable. He's sowing seed. A sower sowing seed. Sower sowing seed. And the second kind of soil that it fell on was. Some fell on what ground? Say it out louder please. Stony ground. Where it. There was not much earth. Not much earth, not much a soil. So immediately it sprang up. The seed went into the soil. The seed is the word of God. It went into the soil. The soil is the heart of man. It's the heart of man. And Jesus is saying there are some people whose hearts have uh, no depth. There is no depth. Look at that. It had no depth. There is no depth. No matter what the preacher says, it's not going deep. It's not going deep. Here is the second reason why you need to go deeper. Because the word of God will not work for you if you don't go deep. The seed is looking for a deep soil. Are you hearing this? The seed is looking for a deep soil. Soil that can hold on to the seed. It has to go deep. It has to go deep. But the Bible says there were some hearts stony. Maybe the divorce did it. Maybe the separation did it. Maybe the loss of job did it. Maybe for three years they are... They still don't have work. Maybe that's the reason why their hearts are stony. But don't let, let that affect your life. Let the seed go deep. What is the second reason why you need deeper faith? Because the word will not work for you if not. You need the seed to go right in. Some of you are very frustrated. Why? Because you are, you are a Bible believing, Bible talking Bible confessing, sermon hearing, Christian. And yet the seed is looking for deep ground, not shallow ground. When it is on shallow ground, somebody offends you, the seed is taken out. The worship leader sings the song that you don't like, the seed comes out. But if it's deep soil, he can sing the wrong song, pastor can say a word to offend you, it doesn't matter. It's deep there. Nobody can take it away. It's there. That's why you need to go deeper. Amen. That's why you're going to go deeper. So tonight you're going to go deeper. Holy Spirit is going to heal you. The word of God is already ministering to you. Here is the third reason. In fact, I'm going to leave it with three. Let's forget the fourth. Let's leave it with three because of time. And I think three is enough. Three is good. Four is better, but three is good. Let's leave it at three. Before we conclude with the third one, tell me the first one. Why should I consider going deeper in, in the things of God and in my faith? When we say things of God, we mean in a general sense our faith. Why must I go deep? Number one. Why? Because when you go deep, 
you can lay a foundation in your life that the unpredictable storm will come and go. You will be unshakable. That's why you need to go deep. Don't build your life like a plastic house. Don't build your life like a $2 suitcase. Don't build your life like that. Build it deep. The deeper you go, watch this. Those of you who are in a hurry for progress, what I'm sharing with you will not work. Because you're, you're in a hurry. You want things fast. So you are actually thinking of the house being built this way when God is saying, I want you to build this way first. But Lord, uh, Sister Jones uh, got a baby. Hello. First, I want to give you a marriage before a baby. So go deep. But Lord, I've been, I've been waiting for my life partner for 10 years. You got to wait two more years, daughter. Why, Lord? Why? Because you still don't know how to brush your teeth. If I bring your life partner to you and you say, hello, your life partner will run for his life. Now, why am I bringing all this? It may sound silly to you, but it's driving a point. And what is the, what is the point that it is driving? There are certain areas in your life that you need to put right. That's why you need to go deep and deep and deep and deep. Forget about those who are building upwards. You go downwards. You build deep and deep and deep. You know why? You go deep. Don't worry about child not being married and house not built. And Don't worry about that. Don't worry about Others are going for mortgages. You just believe God for a credit-free, debt-free life. Come on, sir. I know this is not popular in Harrow, but you will thank God for me tomorrow. And that rhymed, by the way. Let me say it again, because you are staring at me now. The Lord wants you to live a mortgage-free, debt-free, stress-free, anxiety-free, long life. My suit ain't borrowed, my shoes ain't borrowed, my watch ain't borrowed, my wife ain't borrowed. My kids ain't borrowed, my vehicles are not borrowed, my ministry is not borrowed. Everything about this man of God that's speaking to you today. We are debt free, we are mortgage free, we believe that God can do it and he will do it for you if you'd only trust him. But you don't want to trust him. You want to do the quick fix. You want to do it fast. You want what is called in Sri Lanka, the Maggie way into the kingdom. Maggie is not the name of a lady back at home. Maggie is a two-minute soup noodles. You just put it in the water and boom, it comes out. And just eat it till noodles come out of your nose. Quick fix. Ladies and gentlemen, my voice may sound annoying to you. If it is, May you hear it even in your dreams. Until you believe this message. God wants you to go deep before you build your life like a 10-story building. He wants you to go deep. Why? Watch this. Watch this. You're going deep. You're in one church. You're planted in one house. You have one pastor. You believe the word of God. You're doing a small cell group. You've been tithing, but you don't have your own house. Don't worry. It's a matter of time. Don't worry. It's a matter of time. It is a matter of time. Do not worry. Sister Jones and Brother Jeremiah is building the house. And you are you're like this. You're, you're on basement level. And you're, What's happening? What's happening? What am I not doing? You are not doing anything wrong. It's just that when you are not building deep enough, you can build upwards and you can do it in a month. So when you see people walking down the aisle, praying in tongues, falling on the floor and, and turning in circles, and uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? And giving so that you see what's written on the envelope. And they're doing all and, the, and, and And Sister Isabel is walking like this as if she's really deep in God. I want you to know that's not depth. Depth is when your husband comes home with an alcohol bottle in his hand and is speaking filth from a different kingdom, yet you are unshakable, yet you are immovable. You are saying, I will not divorce you. I will not separate you. What God has brought together, let no man separate. Now that is depth. Now that is depth. 
Now that is depth. Unshakable. The bank comes and says, we're going to take your house. You don't call the pastor. When you have depth, you go on your knees. Father, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You make me to lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. Lord, you will open the windows of heaven now and do something. Here I'm sowing a seed without going and borrowing and giving it to the bank. You will sow a seed. That is real depth. That is real depth. That is real depth. You will not look for a bedding center. You will not go gambling. Why? Because you know that is building your house fast. Go deep. Go deep, somebody. Go deep. You, you will not fare well on welfare. Don't use the short circuit. That is not God. I want you to know there are better things in the kingdom for you. There are better things in the kingdom for you. And somebody's being restored as I, be, as I even minister now. So the first reason why you need to go deep. Tell me, what is it? To be unshakable. I'm repeating myself because you're, not, you're, 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 you're making it very difficult for me. That's why I have to repeat. What's the second reason you go deep? Because the seed. The seed has to go into deep soil. But when you're angry with people, when you're unforgiving, there are stones. It's not working. 10,000 sermons will not work for you. If you've got an issue of unforgiveness in your heart, you need to get rid of it. Let the Spirit of God heal you today. Are we together? You're still mad at your spouse that died five years ago. Still angry. And now you're remarried. Yet you go to the bed, holding the pillow, and biting the pillow. You're thinking of him. It may not be you. But like I said, it may be somebody seated next to you. Not a word will fall to the ground. He will confirm everything I'm saying. The third and final reason you need to go deep. Watch this. Watch this. You don't find God in shallow waters. You don't. You only find him in the deep. If you... <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't find God in shallow waters. You don't find. If you can find God in shallow waters, then he would have told Peter, Peter, just throw the net where you are. He didn't say that. He said, I want you to go to the deep. Why? Because I have preserved something for you to catch. But you have to go deep to catch it. See, some of you are living a shallow life and you don't even want to do what I'm telling you to do. If you don't do what I'm telling you to do, you will not catch what he has prepared for you. There are certain things you will catch only if you go deep. Anybody gone fishing? Lift your hand. Okay. Please take me fishing. I'm about to close, but watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9 and 10, our last verse for this evening. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for them that love him. He had fish prepared for Peter. He had it already prepared. But did his eyes see it? His eyes couldn't see it. His mind couldn't conceive it. Are you listening? He didn't, it was beyond the senses. And yet the Lord was saying, go deep. Go deep. There are things God has prepared for you and me that your eyes have not seen yet. Your ears have not heard. That means preachers have not preached it right. Your mind hasn't understood it. But here I'm telling you this evening, go deep. You will find what your eyes couldn't see. You will find what your ears couldn't hear. You will find what your mind couldn't understand. You just have to go deep. If you go deep, you will catch it. Why? Because in the 10th verse, the Bible says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, what things? The deep things of what? God. Here's the third and final reason you need to go deep in the things of God. Because you don't find God in shallow waters. You go deep and you will find Him. You will find God in deep waters. You will find the power of God in deep waters. You know, I'm talking to you in a different language. I'm trying to imply something. I hope you're receiving it. When you go in deeper waters, you will find him in deeper waters. What will you find in deeper waters? Have you ever seen the National Geographic Channel? Have you seen Discovery Channel? Have you seen uh, moments where they will take you 
um, they, will, they will take you through a submarine or a boat or some specially designed vehicle and it'll go below 100 meters. It'll go below 200 meters. It'll go meters and meters and meters deeper and deeper and deeper. Watch this. I'm about to close. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You can't go deeper with a diving suit. You see this? You will die. That is why to go deeper in the things of God, you have to adjust your neck. You're still upset you didn't get a proper place to park your car? How are you going to go deeper? You're upset with your previous pastor? How are you going to go deeper? You're too distracted. Here's the catch. You need a specially designed vehicle to submerge you into deeper waters. It is a place that you cannot swim. It is a place that you must be taken. And the vehicle that takes you is the Holy Spirit. You're hearing this? And he does it by faith. Now watch this. As you go deeper, you say bye-bye to goldfish. You say bye-bye to uh, Torahs and Moras and all these kind of fish. Okay? It'll come to a point when you're so deep, you don't see sharks anymore. You don't see the fish you used to see, the corals you used to see. Where are you going with this, Pastor? When you go deep in God, sometimes you will be, you'll feel all alone. you feel all alone. Where is Sister Whale? Sister Whale is not to be seen. Because Sister Whale ain't coming where God's taking you. Where is Mr. Shark? Oh, Mr. Shark was there at the prayer meeting, but he ain't going where God's taking you. Are you willing to let go of people, your crutches, so that the Lord can take you deep? And when you go deep, watch this, when you go deep, the deeper you go, the ocean, picture this, it becomes very mysterious. Very mysterious. When I watch Nat Geo, and I sit there and I watch this, this thing going down, and it's dark. And suddenly you'll see a sea creature that the zoo doesn't have. When you go deep, God will show you things you haven't seen before in church. You will see. You hearing? They get mysterious. You will see the mysteries of God when you go deep. You will see the depths of the kingdom when you go deep. And people are not willing to go there. They want to sit in the and kick and wet their feet. Now you're going deeper. And guess what? The more deeper you go, fear comes. That's where the fear of God comes. Show me somebody that does not have the fear of God. They are shallow. Anybody that carries a fear of God in their heart. Reverential fear of God. They are deep. They are very deep. They are very deep. People who... <laughs> there are certain things I can't say here. After talking to Pastor David, I'll check if I can say it tomorrow. <laughs> he goes deep. Gets mysterious. Becomes fearful. But the beauty of the depths of the ocean is this. It's like God. The vehicle takes me. The most beautiful thing is this. I'm able to see what I couldn't see when I was on the show. That's what faith will do for you. It'll help you see things in a deeper way. Don't blame God for your marriage. You are the one that said I do. Don't blame God for your business. You are the one that made it your business. Tonight, I'm done. But the Holy Spirit is not done. I want to simply pray for people. Don't just come running to this altar now. I only want to know, no heads bowed, no eyes closed, no fancy music in the background.
I only want to know, are you seated here saying, Pastor Jerome, I came into this meeting feeling a sinner, very angry, very disappointed at the lowest place in my life and my faith isn't working for me. I'm so disappointed and so offended with God and people. I don't know how to pick myself up again. I need deeper faith and I know why I need it today. You gave me three reasons. Pastor, will you pray for me? I need my faith to be repaired and restored. If that's you, will you stand to your feet now? Nobody's heads bowed, no eyes closed. Just stand to your feet if that's you. Quickly, quickly, quickly just stand to your feet. Thank you. Can you move this aside? Thank you. Glory to God.